Thank you for that warm welcome, Professor Kaju Hall and everybody else. It's great to be here at ANU. This is Shane Rattenbury, an MLA here in the ACT and the Minister for Climate Change and Sustainability, among other things. He's delivering the opening address at the ANU Climate Update, which we covered in part on Subject ACT a few weeks ago. The ANU Climate Update is an update of the most recent knowledge on climate change. It's a series of presentations on how the climate is changing and how we're responding or not to these changes. The reason I'm opening this segment with Shane's address is because in this segment we'll be talking about the ACT government's response to climate change. And spoiler, if Shane's been asked to deliver the opening address at an ANU event about climate change, you can be sure that what the ACT government is doing is being looked on pretty positively. But that's not what this segment is wholly about. Sure, we're going to hear about the ACT government's climate change policy, what they've done so far and what they plan to do, but I was interested in how they are communicating this to the ACT and how the views of the ACT are or are not being incorporated into their policies. But let's go back to Shane. Shane starts his presentation with a joke about how he would have liked to have studied science instead of economics and law. To a room of scientists and those interested in science, it's probably a good joke to lead off with, and it's clear he's relaxed and that he's welcome. For a politician, that's probably not a wholly common occurrence. But no, I'd like to, uh, it is great to be back on campus and to see ANU taking such a lead in the study of climate change and uh, helping to build Canberra's reputation as a centre of excellence when it comes to both understanding climate change and responding, it, responding to it. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and thank you for making that acknowledgement. It is a very important part of our history in this region and for our country. We're going to see a lot more this afternoon about the reality of climate change, the science and the latest understanding. So I don't intend to dwell on that point too much other than to indicate that what we take from that is a clear imperative to act. Uh, and we see some governments starting to do that. Others, of course, are still fiercely resisting. Uh, but here in the ACT, we have taken that challenge. And as many of you will know, back in 2010, we legislated to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions to 40% below 1990 levels by 2020. Uh, back then that seemed, well, that was a decade away, we're now getting much closer. But of course that's the level of um, reduction in emissions that scientists tell us we need to be achieving to stay within safe global climate limits. T to achieve that we are now pursuing 100% renewable electricity. That is no longer a target. We have actually signed the contracts and we will deliver that in the next two years. And so, thank you. It's important to jump in here and quickly explain something. The ACT purchases a quantity of clean energy that has been generated outside of the Territory which is equivalent to the amount of energy that the Territory consumes. That's how they've managed so easily to meet all their energy needs with clean energy and meet this impressive target. All of that energy was not produced in the Territory, although of course the ACT does produce a lot of clean energy. That single measure will actually help the ACT achieve that 40% reduction target. We will get to that by uh, 2020. So we're on track for the big first step that we need to take to begin to tackle climate change. And whilst we're a small jurisdiction, and there'll be those who argue that our emissions in the global scheme of things are not significant, that, is, that cannot be the answer. Because there is no single action or no single city that can make all the difference. Everybody must play their part. And here in the ACT, we have a role as global citizens particularly wealthy global citizens, to do our part to tackle the global climate challenge. I should also point out here that the ACT has very little industry or any of the dirty stuff, smelters, coal-fired power plants, etc., 
which produce nasty emissions. Other states in Australia will, will point this out and will criticise the ACT and say it isn't as easy for their states to lower emissions. And they are probably right. It probably isn't as easy. However, Shane's point addresses that popular criticism along with addressing another. Reducing emissions of greenhouse gases to the atmosphere is a shared responsibility. doesn't matter how small or big you emit, everyone's got to help out. The ACT government has many other programs, but I'm not going to give you one of those ministerial speeches where we talk about all the things we're spending money on. Now you can go and read about that on our website. I'm sure you'll find it fascinating. Uh, but <laughs> what we also we have learnt from that, though, is there are many things we need to do. In December last year, we launched a discussion paper on how the ACT gets to zero net emissions. That must be our next challenge, is to go beyond the first step and take the what are going to be more challenging steps. Uh, because in a way, the 100% renewable electricity target, very significant achievement, has been achieved relatively easily. No one's changed their behaviour. No one's had to do anything. It's been great government policy. I feel I can say that. <laughs> We've done it in a cost-effective way. It's for affordable for most Canberrans. And for those for whom it is a challenge, we have other programs in place to assist them. To go from here, as you can see from this emissions profile, we get into areas where it's much harder to reduce emissions. It is about this point in Shane's presentation when I begin to think that there's something different about the way he speaks. Maybe it's the way he reads the room and the way he presents himself, or maybe it's his honesty in speaking about what has been a highly vexed issue. But he comes across as authentic. It's refreshing and it sticks out. What we are proposing in the discussion paper is that we in fact seek to achieve zero net emissions by 2045. The ACT's Climate Council has looked at the data, looked at technology development, looked at policy that other jurisdictions are putting in place, and they've said to us, we think you can achieve it faster than 2050, which is our current goal. So we're going to drag that our proposal is to drag that forward by five years, but also to set interim targets. This is the website you have to go to. Uh, this, the discussion paper is up there. Some of the economic modelling that sits behind it is available on that, so you can... I know there's a lot of people in this room who will enjoy looking at data and models. Uh, you can go behind it and look at some of the detail there, and you're very welcome to contribute to the consultation process, either through sending us an email to come into some of the public meetings that are advertised on that website and the various other ways you can participate. Shane then goes on to talk about the National Energy Guarantee, the NEG if you think it's bad policy, or the guarantee if you like it, the federal government's hallmark energy policy. And we'll leave him there. We know where that debate landed, and it isn't hugely important for our story. So before, Shane spoke about consultation process which the government will be undertaking on their recently released discussion paper. This details the ways in which the ACT could reach net zero emissions by 2045. They want to shop it around and make sure it reflects the views and expectations of the residents of the ACT. Governments like to talk big about consultation, but how serious was Shane when he said he wanted to hear people's views? I decided to head along to a consultation and see what one was actually like. And well, the ACT government certainly seemed keen. The consultation session I decided to head along to was tacked on to a climate cafe and was held at the ANU pop-up bar. The Climate Cafe is an informal gathering organised by the ANU's Climate Change Institute and the ANU Environmental Collective. They are intended to be a forum to discuss ideas and questions on climate change. Seems a good fit for the ACD government's climate change strategy. But this choice of forum is also very deliberate. Getting young people to directly engage with government policy can be difficult. And what better way than to entice young people to show up and share their views on something like a discussion paper than through their stomach. At this forum, attendees' views were sought through discussion, butcher's paper and pizza. 
And while I'm setting up my microphone, I turn around to see a man seated on the table behind me, furiously scribbling notes on one of the pieces of butcher's paper. An AC Tikyaman officer approaches him and asks what he's writing. The man, clearly passionate, somewhat aggressively barks something along the lines of, I've been telling the government what to do about climate change for years, and they've done nothing. The government officer isn't allowed a word in, but she attempts to encourage him to stay and share these views. He says he hasn't the time, and after finishing scrolling on the butcher's paper, picks up a piece of pizza and leaves. It reminds me how fraught this issue is, and how even in a place as progressive as the ACT, this area of policy is tough. Hey, that's the first time people have applauded. This is Antonio. His team are the ones who actually wrote the strategy and discussion paper, and they are the ones who are conducting the consultation. I meet him beforehand, and he's friendly. He's dressed in business attire, but not too formal. His sleeves are rolled up, and he seems genuine. Thank you very much for uh, joining us today. As uh, Claire said, it's uh, really important for us to engage with young, emerging you know, students, academics, professionals. We really need to hear your voice as we prepare policy that's going to impact mostly you. So thank you very much for coming. I've got a few slides. I'm going to go through them uh, a bit quickly. So if you have a question, just raise your hand and we'll stop for a second. All right, so let's start. Antonio goes on to list what the ACG government has achieved. It's quite a list, along with what Shane mentioned earlier, you know, the legislated emissions reduction targets of 40% by 2020 and net zero emissions by 2050. We have 100% of the territory's electricity supplied by renewable energy, $500 million of investment in clean energy infrastructure and research. Jobs in the renewable energy industry are growing fastest in the ACT than anywhere else in the country. And they're also looking about how to integrate batteries into the grid, along with using hydrogen. After listing all these achievements, he then says this. Congratulations, we're doing really well. Okay. Antonio congratulates the crowd for the ACT doing so well. I pause for a moment and think, why? It reminds me that he's a public servant. He serves the public. Congratulations, Canberra. You wanted to cut emissions? And the politicians in the public service have simply carried out your wishes. This is a recurring theme in Antonio's talk, and it reminds me that people are the ones who can actually drive change, not just governments. People create the environment which allows government to make change. Some people call this a pie chart, but I call it a donut chart, and unfortunately it's not very clear. But what it indicates is where are the emissions coming from in the ACT? Antonio goes on to discuss the same graph which Shane displayed, depicting Canberra's emissions profile, and it's clear that the government is well rehearsed. Shane and Antonio are clearly reading from the same brief. Makes sense, right? I mean, Antonio's team probably prepared Shane's speech, but it doesn't come across like that. It's not a negative thing. It comes across like they're organised and on top of it. They're serious about this, and they're convincing. And the worst thing that we could do is to celebrate and pat ourselves on the back for a, a job well done. What we need to do right now is to plan how are we going to reduce emissions over the next 30 years. Antonio introduces the discussion paper, which describes how the ACT will meet its target of net zero emissions by 2045. He talks about energy efficient buildings, efficient appliances, using hydrogen as a substitute for natural gas, electrifying vehicles, diverting food waste to landfill, Really tonight is about you and your ideas and Claire's mentioned some of the questions that we have at each of your tables. I'll put them up on the screen in a second. Um, but if you really don't do anything more, 
could you please remember us and do a submission and just send it to us? In total, Antonio speaks for about 15 minutes. For an event which is scheduled to go for almost two hours, you get the impression that they really are interested in people's views. Then when you consider the catering and the six or so ACT government staff present, it does appear as though they're putting their money where their mouth is. To encourage people to speak their minds, the organisers of Climate Cafe request that I not record the deliberations and contributions from participants, so this is when I turn my mic off. Though while they were discussing, I go and sit in on the deliberations of some of the groups. There are about six to seven per table. On each table, there is a piece of paper which lists four questions relating to the ACT government's discussion paper. Attendees are asked to discuss each question and to note their group's key points on Butcher's paper. After the allotted time, each group is required to report back on what they discuss. There is an ACT government officer at each table to help guide discussions. They take notes continuously. The first thing which strikes me about participants' ideas on how the ACT could lower their emissions is that they are a bit boring. But a good boring. While the Hyperloop is raised once, as well as something called a Velo Mobile, which is basically an enclosed bicycle, the suggestions on how the ACT could lower emissions are refreshingly obvious. Energy-efficient buildings, better public transport, bike lanes, electrified transport. Young people get slammed for their pie-in-the-sky, not-in-a-million-years ideas, but all of these suggestions appear wholly doable and pragmatic. Well, maybe not the Hyperloop, but everything else. At the conclusion of the event, I harangued two attendees, Holly and Nick, to talk to me about the event. I first asked Holly on her opinion of the ACT's targets. I think it sounds really great. I think those are fantastic goals to try to achieve. Um, and I'm hopeful that as we feel the impacts of climate change, unfortunately, um, that will get people to make changes. I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I mean, I've been hinting at it for the whole segment, but I thought I had to ask someone. Nick's clearly keen and well-informed. I asked him whether he felt this evening's event was a genuine attempt to get the public's views. I think it was, I think uh, this evening was definitely... This is the playlist of the pop-up, not my own. Not that there's anything wrong with Kalani. An opportunity uh, for the government to hear what uh, the general public, or part of the general public has to say. Um, and, and I think they were generally interested to hear. And the fact that we had scribes at the tables uh, government from, from the government to, to write down what we were saying and to then relay that... Um, shows that I think that they're trying to uh, take a step in the right direction. Um, because again, not everybody's going to be proactive in wanting to submit something uh, to, to the government on, in regards to the discussion paper. And if you get everybody collectively together to discuss, that can be one effective method. Um, and yeah, I, I, think it was, I think it was a nice sort of situation to, to try and do that. It seemed like a genuine attempt from them to try and understand what people have to say. Again, sort of engaging with the public as opposed to um, coming up with policies or ideas and just saying, well, this is going to be the right step. Getting, getting the public's opinion is crucial. The consultation period on the discussion paper has now closed. Any feedback on the strategy will now be incorporated into a report that will be released in the middle of 2018. We'll certainly be following it up to see how the views expressed at the Climate Cafe are incorporated into the ACT's next climate change strategy.